0: Plushcare.com slash weight loss The Andy J podcast The Andy J Podcast The Andy J podcast Hey, welcome to the Andy J Podcast. I think this is episode number 81 of this show now. I've I've sort of lost count, but I think we're at episode 81. And if I could choose an ideal guest for my 81st episode, (laughs) a landmark moment, I would choose this guy. A musical icon, an absolute legend, a rock and roll Hall of Famer, the founding member of the Jackson 5. I am so pleased to say today's very special guest is the brilliant Tito Jackson. Now, as you would expect, there are some really deep themes in this conversation, and of course, we do discuss Michael Jackson and Michael's death and the impact that's had on Tito and the family, and Everything around it. So if you are somebody that is anxious around these sort of things, I'm I'm just flagging that up now. That will appear in this conversation. Tito is very open, very interesting, very, very engaging. And he also speaks very candidly about his brother's passing. So I'm not going to chat for much longer now, except to say that if if this is your first experience of the Andy J podcast, we are 81 episodes in or thereabouts, which means we have masses and masses and masses and masses of really fascinating fantastic people waiting for you in our back catalogue, so I'd love you to check out some of the other conversations if you haven't done so already. Anyway, I'm going to stop chatting now and get into the big event, the main man. Here is Tito Jackson. The Andy J Podcast. Right now I am absolutely dancing for joy because we have a bona fide icon on the show. We have somebody that I'm so, so thrilled. We have a, a genuine rock and roll Hall of Famer. He has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and he is an absolute legend. I am thrilled to welcome Mr. Tito Jackson. How you doing, Tito?
1: Oh, I'm doing fine. How are you doing, buddy?
0: I am just I've been mean, chuffed to bits that we're chatting Tito. I'm I'm trying to hold back the excitement because you know, it's not every day you get to chat to someone like you and this is just brilliant for me. So thank you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Tito, I listen, we've got so much to chat about and I'm 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 so keen to pick your brains. I don't know if you have that expression in america but in the uk oh yeah (laughs) i'm not a zombie i just wanted to make that clear (laughs) but there's so much you've lived such an astonishing and remarkable life and of course we have to talk about the new album and the new single and i'm going to get onto that because i've heard the whole thing and it's just joyful what a wonderful piece of work but tito before we get into that can we can we just go back to the very beginning? Because I'd love to start at the beginning and just go through your fascinating life journey. Is is that okay?
1: That's quite okay with me. Well, I, well, I can kick it off by saying that uh, back in Gary, Indiana, where uh, every sibling was born in my family, uh, we uh, grew up in a very small house, uh, two bedroom house, which uh, my parents had one bedroom and the brothers uh, which i have five brothers um i'm um I'm, I'm, i would make six boys we all slept in uh, one room you know at the time when i was in gary you know uh certain brothers were born here and there so it wasn't always the six of us in one room sometime maybe four to five or whatever then another kid is born randy is born now and the girls slept in the. My three sisters slept in the living room. So the boys had a room. My mom and dad had a room, and the girls had the, their their own room. Uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is because how everything went down. Uh, my father used to play a uh, blues guitar off for a time with his uh, brother, Uncle Luther. They would jam on the weekend, and I'm just a uh, young kid. Uh, I don't think I was uh, eight years old yet, maybe around six, seven years old, seven maybe. And I'm, you know, staring at their their technique and listening, enjoying the music, you know, as a kid, you know, dancing and just wanting to be a part of it. And uh, my father would put the guitar away, you know, after his sessions or whatever. And uh, and right before he would go to work, he would... uh, to get uh, the three of us, because there was only three of us old enough that we would uh, go and uh, uh, bother his guitar. So he would say, "When I go to work, don't none of you boys touch my guitar. I'm gonna put it in the case and don't you touch it." <laughs> and and, and uh, he put it in the case and put it in the closet. You know, you can't tell kids that. That makes the kids very curious, of course. So. I'm playing it. I I want to know why, because I want to be like my uncle, my father, you know. I heard this good music coming out, this instrument. So I started playing the guitar after he had said, don't touch it, you know. I would play it and and, uh, try some of the things I saw them doing, see if I can do this and that, and just whatever. And they got to a point where I was playing it so how much I was drizzled on my hand and everything. And my mother would say, put the guitar away, your dad will be home soon. You know, and, and, and so I would put the guitar up and he would never know I've touched it. This went on for many, many months. Oh, wow. And, and until one time I, I, I grabbed the guitar and I was playing it and I popped or broke the string on the guitar, the little high E string. And I didn't know how to repair a string on a guitar, or any of that kind of stuff. And I was uh, very afraid because my father would find out I've been playing his guitar. My mother just said, "Honey, put the guitar away. I'll talk to him." That didn't help. He was still upset about it, you know. Uh, then, uh, uh, and she told him that, uh, you know. I really have an interest in it. It's not like a kid with a toy. Yeah. He's really trying to learn how to play this instrument. So, anyway, my father scolded me for uh, breaking that string, you know, and because uh, when he saw that the string was broken, he just said, Who's been touching my guitar? like that. And yeah. I started crying. So he knew it was me right away. He took me in the room, tore my little butt up, and, and, uh, then put me in the chair in the living room in front of the whole family, put the guitar in my lap, and he said, show me what you know. So I'm crying and playing this little blues thing. Dun, dun, dum dun, dun. Playing this little blues uh, uh, rhythm. And he looked at my mother and said, he can play a little bit, okay. huh, <laughs> She said, Joe, I told you, he's not playing with your guitar. He really wants to play it like he'd see you in, and, and, and Luther's doing. My father said, I tell you what, boy, I'm going to give you this here guitar. I just give myself another one. But I want oh. you to learn every song you like on the radio and, and, and learn how to play it. So, uh, anyway, I start playing songs on Temptations and Motown and all these other things. And, and here I am, and my brother Jackie and my other brother Jermaine, we're trying to sing. And Michael and Marlon, they just babies on the floor playing with little cars or whatever with toys. Begging to be in our group though. But they little babies, you know, they're like four, maybe four and five years old. And and we're telling them to get out the room. This is big boy stuff, you know. Because we're like four and five years older than them. And and uh, anyhow, to make a long story short, We'd be in there singing and whatever, making noise, trying to put together a group. And and, and Michael and Marlon begging to be in the group. And, and we told them they couldn't be it because they were too young. And until we heard Michael sing at the elementary play, you know, our mouths flew, flew open. So, <laughs> so we rushed him home and told him he's in the group now. And Marlon said, me too. Yeah, you're in the group too, Marlon. And so... You know, we're making all this noise in the room. You know, this and that. You know, much later, and my father's trying to be telling us to be quiet in there. I've got to go to work in a few hours. You guys are making too much noise because he worked all kind of shifts, all type of hours. And my my mother said, Joe, I think one day you should listen to them. I think they may have something. Yes. And, and he basically said, Kate, those boys can't sing. And she said, no, seriously, I think they may have something. So anyway, we we saw him for him and his mouth flew open and he heard something, you know, because we didn't know if it sounded good or bad or what. We were just doing what we liked and enjoyed doing. And uh, the next day, he uh, not the next day, but the next paycheck he got, he went to the music store and and, and, and on loan, he uh, got all kind of mics. He bought a PA system and all kind of things. And he would rehearse us relentlessly, uh, and he would basically just have the mic uh, and and, and uh, the amps on standby, the PA on standby. When we got home from school, we just dropped our books and went right right to work. Wow! You know, and did you love it, over. Tito? Did you
0: did you love that? Were you were you sort of excited to get home and play music, or or, or did it become a bit of a sort of routine that no, you had to was, do?
1: No, it got it was very exciting because uh, you know no other children was doing this, and we were singing with uh, real microphones. And when you're a kid, this is big stuff, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I have a real guitar and amplifier, you know, so. Uh, we enjoyed it, and then we wanted it to be like the Temptations and Motown acts we saw, and I think it was Sly and the Family Stone, and the Isley Brothers were new at that time, and James Brown, and all these big. We wanted to do what they did. Basically, we loved the music because. My family was uh, blues lovers and 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 R and B music, rhythm and blues, and pop music. They loved all kind of music. Country music, my mother enjoyed. So we wanted to be somebody. We wanted to make a name for ourselves. You know, we wanted to be in show business.
0: Well, you managed but that at that understand. time.
1: I don't think it was. <laughs> you know, it wasn't. Uh, uh, it wasn't very popular that you have children in show business like that. Wow. I think the Osmonds were doing country and Western music at that time. They were doing things with, I think it was Andy Williams' show. So they were one of the only kids. And uh, Frankie Lyman and the teenagers were before all of us. And the Five Stair Steps uh, had did something as well. We wanted to, uh, We knew, knew of these groups and they were young men. So we wanted to be counted in.
0: This is so interesting, Tito. This is so interesting because, you know, the, the, the sort of version of events of, of how the Jackson 5 was formed, as it were, latterly the Jacksons, of course, was, you know, that we heard you just had pushy parents. That's the story that most people think. Oh, it's a couple of pushy parents that wanted their kids to perform. But actually, that's not the case at all. It was you as an inquisitive little, little lad seeing your dad play guitar and saying, I want to try that. And then the rest followed. Magic followed from there.
1: Exactly. Wow. Exactly. And that's, that's, that's what we did. And, uh, uh it was, it was a lot of fun. You know, we wanted to, uh, you know, be, be entertainers. Cause then, then after we got decent after playing a lot of small clubs and, 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 uh, traveling in our region. We would open up a various, uh, professional artists uh, like Gladys Knight, uh, Edda James. We opened for the uh, Shy Lights, uh, uh, Bobby Taylor Vancouver's, the 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 Dells. Uh, we did uh, uh, opening nights for a lot of groups. And I just remember uh, Gladys wanted to take us over to Motel in the early, early days. And my father didn't think we were, ready or whatever or maybe we were too young or he just didn't know he just said I think they might be a little too young but uh, then Bobby Taylor came through who was with Motown too. he had a record out at that time called uh, Does Your Mother Know About Me and um, she convinced my father to to go there but what had happened we were in New York doing opening and up or Eddie James at the Apollo Theater, and after that uh, uh, stretch of shows, uh, we had the opportunity to go on the David Frost show. I think it was. we uh, going or going go and audition for Motown. I wanted to go on the TV show because it was uh, <laughs> um, national. It was a national show, and I just felt we would get seen by the by the entire uh, uh, nation. And I I felt, what if Barry Gordy didn't like the act that he passed on? You know? Then we back to square one. So make a long story, short, we always dreamed about Motown. Of course, I lost the vote, and uh, we wound up going to uh, uh, an audition in Detroit. And here we are uh, on Michigan Avenue uh, up in the Motown building, auditioning for Motown. Gordy in the corner with Suzanne and other staff members are there as well. and We're doing our thing, singing and dancing and, you know, peeking at his feet, seeing if he's patting his feet or or, uh, nodding his head with the beat or whatever expression. We're trying to read, do we have a record deal or not. So anyhow, uh, he didn't show any expression. When we finished our, our audition, He walked over to the brothers and he said, "I'm going to take your first three songs. Number one, oh, and we were like, wow, you know, and a a grown man and Barry Gordy, the president of Motown, and we know he knows the know-how and he have the uh, the know-how. But we were totally excited. He said, also, I want you guys tomorrow. I'm having a party for Diana Ross's her birthday." And I'm having a pool party, and I want you guys to come down and perform and maybe do a half an hour or whatever. So we the next day, we over in Bear Gordy's pool, <laughs> you know, because he had a pool house, a big pool house, and yeah. that's where he had the party at. Anyhow, we're performing but for The Temptations, uh, Diana Ross, Supremes, Bear, Four Tops, all these major acts. Watching us perform, and we're singing their songs to them, you know. And it was nervousing for me, you know. Michael and Martin, of course, they were young, and they don't care. They they just <laughs> wanted to get it over with and go back to the bowling alley or the arcade and play games and what whatever, you know. So anyhow, it, 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 after our performance, you know, the uh, the artist came over to us and told us how you they enjoyed and we were good and welcome to the family and what have you and you know from that point you know we had our first record I Want You Back you know which went number one then uh, ABC was number two then I'll Be There was number three Love You Save he took four four of our records number one and our fifth record went to number two never made it to number one which was uh, Never Could Say Goodbye But, uh, uh, of course, at that time, we were well on our way. You know, we were doing arenas. And I remember the first time we came over to the U.K., you know, we were on a flight. And the pilot uh, told the the, the passengers uh, to remain seated after Uh, we land because uh, we have uh, 10,000 fans in the airport right now. Because the Jackson 5 are coming over, too. The UK and they're on this flight, so let us. So he told the passengers, "Let us disembark first, You know, uh, 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 it would be better and easier for them. So anyway, we get off the plane, and of course, there's all these fans, and they're trying to get get through the uh, the security line and pulling us in all kind of directions, grabbing at our afros. And, Wow! Getting a handful of hair. Really? I got stuck outside. <laughs> oh no! That's incredible. Yeah, cool. I got, stuck, I got stuck on the roof of the Daimler Benz, driving through the airport, and uh, somebody finally said in the car, and I was told that, uh, "Where's Tito? Where's Tito?" And I'm banging on the hood, and, and the driver stops the car, and I I get in the car, but it was crazy. So anyhow, when we get to the hotel. There's tons of fans there as well. And they're singing our song, Stopping Traffic, and that whole thing. So it was, it was quite an exciting time. You know, that was our first time in the U.K. I think it was Danny O'Donovan who brought us over, a possible Motor at the time.
0: And, uh, and uh, Tito, how much of this are you taking in? You know, obviously you're, you know, I mean, when you came to the UK, what were you You must have been like 16, maybe 17 years old. This is really young. You know, you've had all this success so quickly. You know, you've just sort of mentioned, you know, you there were six of you, six brothers sleeping yeah, in the same bedroom. I, you know, <laughs> when, I mean, what a contrast.
1: Yeah, when I Want You Back came out, I was had just turned, uh, 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 I think I had just turned uh, 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 fifth. Fifteen, two days later, something like that. Fifteen or sixteen, yeah. Uh, um, but uh, I think uh, we've always felt. Now that I'm older in age, I think we all we've always felt that we could handle it, whatever it was. I I've never felt like a kid doing something. I've always felt like a young man doing something. I should say. Okay. You know, they used to call Michael the oldest. Old, the youngest old man. Is <laughs> yeah, I like that. I think we had a lot of maturity in certain in certain areas, you know, because that's the way we were brought up, you know. And my father was used to always tell us because uh, if we ever felt deprived of uh, anything like going out and playing or whatever, my father used to say, you know what. Another three or four years, these same kids that's out here playing—they're gonna wish they were where you are. Yeah, because life is as an adult is your your life as long as an adult is very, very, very short as a kid. And if you prepare yourself for your adulthood, you, you have a jump you know, advantage over everyone else. So he's always sort of embedded that type of thoughts into our heads.
0: Well, I'm interested to so, talk about your dad, Tito, because, you know, we've heard stories over here, of course, that he was very strict, and, and you yourself mentioned earlier that, you know, he he tanned your backside for, for playing his guitar and so on. But I've also sort of heard you describe him as, despite being strict and tough, he actually protected you. He he really did look out for, for all ten of you because of the neighbourhood. Are you kidding
1: me? My father, my, father, my father had a lot of love in his heart. You know, he... Uh, we knew that he cared about the band and and the brothers and that he loved us and that he would protect us. His problem was with him, he only was shown that type of love. Uh he I don't think he was shown that type of love. I think his father was strict on him, maybe maybe even stricter. You know, so uh I've never farted my father for anything that he has done because I think he had did prepare us for a long life, and 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 I have been a, an adult much 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 longer than I, I I was a kid. The only thing that sticks with me as a kid is uh, I remember playing a little league baseball for a year, and after that, it was all about the music and and, and show business and that whole thing. Yeah. So, uh, which I love and adore for that because uh, it's not only that. The, my job is more so. I get exercise from it. I stay healthy from it. And we've always been told, show business is what you make of it. It's not what it is. It's what you make of it.
0: Well, Tito, you when know, when success came in, you know, you signed to Motown in in 1969. As you said, you'd already been supporting these fabulous artists and so on. But prior to this, you know, you you just described your your home life. There were so many of you living in in such a small space. How quickly, with the musical success, did home life change? How quickly were you able to upgrade the house, change the situation? Did you ever get your own bedroom? You know, these these kind of things.
1: I never got my own bedroom. I did with Jermaine, even after uh, we signed with Motown. But uh, I think the Jackson 5 spent roughly, approximately, maybe... Six, seven years uh, uh, in the amateur or in the amateur world you know I should say you know, trying to make it is a better, better term for it uh, and uh, after that we had moved to from Gary Indiana to uh, uh, California because Motown had moved from Detroit to the West Coast and that's when I I uh, uh, got into a larger home with the family and I shared a room like I said with my brother Jermaine and my oldest brother Jackie he had his own room and Marlon and Michael shared a room so, and Randy was just still too young to be in the room or whatever so you know, that's what that was and I think I was about 14 15 maybe 15 years old at that time
0: what was the best part at the time Tito were, were you sort of did you love going out on stage you know when at the height of the success of the Jackson 5 when every single person on the planet knew all the songs and you were making everybody dance were you loving that or was it was it business like
1: we always loved it i don't think we knew too much about the business as kids or or whatever you know our main thing And their main thing was that we gave a great show. You didn't know that we stood behind the songs that we were were producing. So uh, it was more about doing a great show, making the audience pleased with your performance and that thing. And that was always something to do, whether it was an interview or, or, or a photo session or a recording session or Rehearsing or doing a performance. They kept us busy every day, trust me. Mm. Even after school, I remember after school that we would uh, go straight to the recording studio after class. You know, Jack Richardson, which uh, was basically the chauffeur for the brothers, he would pick us up in the van and drive us right to the Motown studios. And we, we, be there, and we, we would do basically a song a day and clean those songs up on a weekend. And, and that's what's what basically our schedule for a long time.
0: Wow. I mean, it, it sounds exhausting, but of course you were children, and children have boundless energy, so I suppose...
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> just, that's the thing we didn't realize. How now that I look back at those days, we worked our little butts off you know uh, 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 and I, I think about it now you know and uh, like I said we worked very hard for our careers uh, it didn't happen overnight you know uh, uh, there was a lot of involvement and and, uh, and things of that nature so uh, that's what it was and it's still, still fun to us and we still enjoy it and, and once it gets in your blood like Sinatra and Mick Jagger and all these other bands that's been around for a lengthy amount of time, you can't let it go. You know, it, it, music is like a, a, a companion. It's even that sometime when your family or your, 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 simp, your, your uh, significant other or whatever is not there, your, your instrument or your songs or whatever, they're with
0: you. Hello, it's John Markar here from our sister podcast, The Driven Chat Podcast. Right now, you're listening to The Andy J Podcast, and it's quite good, isn't it? In fact, do me a favour, give it a little review, five stars, and wherever you're listening, hit that little subscribe or follow button, because it does help. See you around. The Andy J Podcast. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... I love that it was a family thing as well. I just think that's amazing, Tito. When when the decision was made that that's enough, we've we've done enough now as brothers. We've achieved it. We've done what we wanted to do. We're going to forge our own paths. How how did that come about? Who came up with that? What was the what was the conversation point for that one?
1: Well, we had we had then um, with more. I think it was like five years, maybe a little longer, a little shorter. And the brothers basically wanted to uh, grow in the business. You know, we knew that we had great success with with recording and and going on, and have great concerts and fan base and all these other things. But the only thing that we felt that we could do is write a couple of these hit songs. You know, uh, we had always been writing or. Or whatever, and uh, Motown just felt that they had a, a team of work of songwriters that were putting hits on us, and they didn't need to change anything. But uh, our later years at Motown, we we still were selling tons of records, but it wasn't the crazy numbers. We were basically, uh, I would say, in your average. Uh, 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 Average uh, number count of whatever artists were putting out records, whether it was uh, Al Green or or, or or whoever it may have been. But ourselves, we'll put it this way, ourselves weren't as strong as they were when we first came out with the first number
0: right.
1: two and three, three records. But uh, at, at the same time, we wanted to become songwriters. And Motown wasn't having that. They wasn't going to change anything. We wanted to play instruments on our records. We just wanted to grow. And we're all older. Even Lenko was older. Now, Michael's about 12, 13 years old, uh, maybe a little older. And uh, uh, they just didn't give us that break. So that's, from what I understand, that's the reason, the main reason why we moved on. And uh, we had uh, auditioned for a few companies, Atlantic uh, Records, uh, which they had basically passed on us because they thought that we were kids just, just getting lucky, you know, some kids uh, singing songs, and that it was a fad. They felt our voices are changing now; we'll never have the voices we had, or Michael, or what have you. So we had something to prove. Uh Epic Records, uh, Columbia, which Epic is one of the labels there, uh, gave us that break. They signed us. And our deal was we got a chance. Even with the Motown stuff, we didn't want to do the whole album too. We just wanted to get a song or two or three on the album. That's all. And so, but uh, Ep- Columbia, Epic uh, gave us that opportunity. And Kenny Gamble and Leon Huff, Gamble and Huff, who writes, you know, for a lot of artists out of the sound of Philadelphia, produced our first uh, uh, record for Epic. And we had the opportunity to get those uh, one or two songs on the album. Then we did the second album with Gamble and Huff. We got our few songs and the company noticed that the songs we were writing was getting a lot of attention. So they gave us that third album, which was our first time writing and producing our entire album on our own, which was Destiny Yeah. Album.
0: Yeah.
1: And from that point, we just had been writing all our own hits from Shake Your Body and Heartbreak Hotel and Can You Kill It and so on. So that was basically how it all went down. I love and, it. And, uh, yeah.
0: I love it. I love it. Tito, you, you and I are similar in one way. uh, And that is that we are both the father to three sons. Uh, I know you, you have a daughter as well, I believe. Is that right?
1: Yes. Yes, I
0: do. But so, so what I'm getting at with this is, is that I have witnessed, you know, with my three boys, and I'm presuming that you've had a similar experience that whilst boys are fantastic company and they can be really good friends and really supportive, there's also a little competitive edge between brothers. So, you can imagine where I'm going to with you, with, with so many brothers and obviously being in the band together, did you, did you find that there was a degree of competition between you as well?
1: Well, I think it's competition between anyone, you know, that's just the way the human is, you know, uh, whether it's sports or whether it's trying to be number one in your class and grades or, trying to be number one as a singer or artist or whatever or a uh, soccer player you know there's always competition and that's what makes you grow and that that what makes you stay dedicated so yes I, uh, there's definitely competition uh uh between the groups and the brothers of 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 every band or family i would say yeah, It's just a natural thing, I feel. Even with my son's 3T, you know, they, they do solo uh, projects as well. So, of course, they want to do the best they can and have the best project that anyone's ever heard or seen. So, yeah, yes, there's competition, definitely.
0: Yes, it's. I mean, it's a fascinating, sort of a fascinating human study to see how, how kind of people behave within relationships, isn't it? I, I mean... naturally Tito and I we won't talk forever about him because we've got so much more to discuss about you but it'd be remiss of me not to not to bring up Michael of course Uh, did you did you know because of course you you sort of talked about that time when you guys saw him singing at school that he had this incredible voice and he was obviously the missing piece in the puzzle for for you guys to then go on and, and be this huge success that you were did you know that he would go on on his own to be such a superstar
1: well, I used to look at my brother when he was very young and and say to myself how 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 he's how can he do this? you know how can he see why why does he sound so good just he's just basically a young." boy, you know, first, second, third grade, something like that. And, and I just knew that he was bound for great things, you know, uh, with that type of uh, 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 sound and, and energy and things, you know. But uh, as far as the, uh, being a solo artist and going on and doing what he's doing, I didn't realize that until later in life. I didn't know that he get carried. But once, uh, his brothers have always done their solo projects, you know, for Motown, Jermaine, Jackie, and Michael all had yeah. solo records.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I never got to make a record. You know, we had left by then. But uh, Michael was destined to be who he is. You know, he, he's very clever, uh, genius in a lot of areas. And, and he wants
0: to be the best. Yes. Can I, can I ask, and I don't mean to pry, Tito, but, but we have a fascination with the Jacksons in the UK and, and people will tell me off if I don't ask these questions. So I mean them out of fascination and kindness. How, how was your relationship as an, as an older gentleman, you know, in your 30s and 40s, how, how was your relationship with Michael? Were you, were you still close? Were you still strong brothers? Or, or had Michael kind of gone off and, and his, his light was shining elsewhere?
1: We we have always been very strong brothers, even still today, you know. But our successors, uh, Michael has always had that extra little thing, not just over the brothers, but over a lot of the artists in the show business. He's one of the best at what he does, you know, uh, um, if not the best. You know, so uh, uh, I don't think there's ever been a, a, a... a a feeling of jealousy or embassy or anything of that. We've always supported each other, although we can be in competition, but we wish each other the best because you have to remember, if one Jackson is successful, it brings up the whole uh, 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 family as a musical family. You know, because if you look where Michael come from, he comes from the Jackson 5, from the Jackson family. So, you know, I would rather for my brother to be number one on the charts than some other band or person, you know, or whatever. If it ain't Michael, maybe it can be the Jackson Five or or, or, or 3T or even Janet, you know. So, yeah, we, yeah. we have a, a lot of angles in that way, but we like music. We, I felt that we were put here to do what we do. And, uh, it, it is something that we enjoy and we love doing it for the people. As long as they like it, we're going to sing songs.
0: Yes, I I love that, and I and I want to talk to you about the legacy and the mantra of the Jacksons and so on. I, I, I promise this will be my last one about Michael, and then we can we can move on from that. Of course, two thousand and nine was was the the tragic end of of Michael's life, which left so many people around the world scarred and heartbroken. As his brother, I, I imagine you still hark back to that time. Frequently, do you? do you? Do you still think of Michael and, and kind of talk to him in your head and all that sort of stuff?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. When I, even when I hear his music on the radio and, uh, you, you you know, if uh, uh, you're a person out in the world that doesn't have a famous a family member, uh, 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 you probably, if you understand that, we're always hearing about him. Whether it's through a song or somebody in the supermarket said, "I'm sorry about you, what happened to your brother or or whatever you know uh it's, it's, it's we came up so close in, in in the music business that is a like when he left a big part of me died along with that, you know so now I'm pretty sure that's what every family member, so absolutely.
0: Yes, you know, you're so right, Tito, I've never really thought about it like that before, but you, your lives have been shared with the world, and that must be very intrusive, actually.
1: Yeah, because, you know, uh, I remember when other celebrities passed away, such as Elvis Presley or Sammy Davis, and, and of course, you, you you mourn and you your heart hurts for them, you know, And but somehow... You put them in, in that space of greatness, and you, you're able to deal with that. But when it's a family member, that's a celebrity. Michael wasn't a, 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 Michael wasn't a, an entertainer that gave us good music. He, as far as his brothers and sisters, he was their brother. So mm-hmm. that's that's what we feel. Yes, you know, yes. more than anything.
0: Yes, and it is—it is as simple as that, isn't it? It's family first, and you—you you lost yeah. a family member, and that's—that is heartbreaking. It's uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm—I'm I'm sorry for your loss, Tito. Um, We—it's funny we all mourned, you know what I mean? But but you have—you have the right to that grief, if that makes sense.
1: And we, and we still do all the time, you know. Even when I look at photos and Michael's missing out of them, you know, I mean, it, it hurts, you know. Same thing for my pop, you know, uh, people can say what they want to say about dad, but my father, I, I view my father as one of the greater greater role models for a uh, uh, father as far as the, how, how they do things in America. You know, uh, he, he, he knew what he was doing, you know, and uh, he took us out of an area of a ghetto where our, our lives have been anything else but what it has turned out to be and he knew that and he groomed us and made us what we we do you know
0: yes yes absolutely um tito i sort of said i was going to ask you about the mantra and the legacy of of the jacksons and 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 the family music and i i would suggest and this is me you know not trying to put words in your mouth at all but I would suggest that, that everything from, from the Jackson Staple through right the way through to your latest album has the same mantra, and that is be kind, be thankful, celebrate life, celebrate being alive.
1: Does that make sense? Exactly. Of course it does, and that's another thing. We've always tried to sing about peace and love, you know, try to bring hearts together and make everyone understand that we're just one people all wanting and looking at the same thing and that's the only, only way that we can overcome a lot of obstacles in the humanity is just start loving one another you know so basically that's what it is
0: yes that that seems to permeate through through everything that the, the brothers and sisters from the family everything that you guys release seems to have that same that same key message actually
1: Yes, you know, so we've always tried to put music in the album that that talks about some uh, love or peace, whether it's for each other or for the children or 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 whatever it may be. You know, the, to keep the focus on, on on world love and peace.
0: Yes, yes, it's it's terrific. It's I mean, it's how we need to live, isn't it, uh, Tito? Obviously, uh, ahead of our conversation, I I am not just. Threw myself into the new album and and have loved every every second of it. But but also I've I've looked into a bit a bits and pieces about your your life away from music, and I hope you don't mind me bringing this up. But I'm fascinated by this. Am I right in saying that you're 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 pretty good friends with the Kardashians?
1: Well, <laughs> I've been knowing the Kardashians before the Kardashian family were popular, <laughs> you know. And seriously, because um, uh, two of my sons um. Uh, Dated two of the Kardashian girls. Uh, my my youngest uh, son TJ uh, he dated Kim Kardashian in in high school.
0: Yes, I believe they were very close. There's all sorts of stories about the two of them. I mean, probably not the sort of things you want that they want their dad to know, but <laughs> you probably know what I'm talking about.
1: Well, I don't know, but whatever it may be, you know, whatever it is how it would it would I buy now but in <laughs> my uh, my middle son Taro dated uh, Courtney and uh, Chris uh, Kardashian my mom you know we knew her from those times my wife uh, of course was uh, uh, they befriended each other because of the relationship between the kids and they all grew up with Paris and Hilton and the Kardashian girls and what have you so, uh, yeah, I know him from that time period.
0: Because they're in the they're in the new video for "Love One Another."
1: Yeah, they were, they, they made an appearance in my video. I had asked uh, a lot of the friends I had to spread the love and the peace to tell the message in the song "Love One Another." I was able to get uh, people like Chris Tucker uh, that. Will, was willingly to do something for the video. Also, I got uh, my sister Janet, my brother's uh, yes. mom, uh, 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 Kardashians, uh, Denise Williams, uh, Deborah Cox. I kind got of, all kind of people involved in the video. And uh, it was a lot of fun putting it together because uh, everybody was aiming for the same message, you know. Spread love, show love and peace around the world. So well, that's it's, basically what it
0: is. It's a terrific song with a great hook. I mean, it really, it just, it captures you straight away. And then I'd heard the song a few times before I watched the video. And the video just, it brings a huge smile on your face. And I thought to myself when I was watching the video, Tito, I was like, this is one very popular man. <laughs> you've got you've got literally a literally of very cool friends. Why didn't you get, um, why didn't you get like Kim to, to tweet about it or something? That would have, I mean, that would have gone through the roof, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I'm very, very uh, quiet when it comes to asking people to do things like that. You know, yeah. I think Kim did did tweet. Uh, uh, I had the, uh, I had told the Chris basically, if they don't mind, just posting. You know, having. I, mean, I think they may have uh
0: um, your tweet the out
1: there
0: for me. Oh, nice! Which is very,
1: very nice. Nice. But uh, 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 go ahead.
0: Well, on on top of the great video and and the fantastic the fantastic track, we've got to mention that you have the legend himself, Stevie Wonder, on the harmonica. I mean, wow! That's a cool person to be able to just drop in, isn't it? Yeah, the the song,
1: you know, it it, it calls for a harmonica sound. Stevie nailed it, you know, acting on the on the, on the record and telling uh, to do that, you know, and uh, he has an element of the whole sound that I think uh, just is brilliant, you know.
0: It's what we would call the cherry on the top, Tito. Exactly. With some whipped
1: cream.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. But it just, it does, it finishes it off because it's, I mean, it is the Stevie Harmonica sound, isn't it? It's, he's just gone, yep, you can have it. It's going to fit this song perfectly. Bring it on.
1: Yep, yep, exactly. And you know, once you hear Stevie Wonder Harmonica, you know who it is, you know. He has that signature sound.
0: Absolutely. Uh, aren't you related to him? Isn't he like a third cousin of yours or something?
1: Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's third or hundredth. <laughs> but he's in the bloodline. Yeah.
0: yeah, I love that. It's somewhere in uh-huh. there. We're all we're all a bit related to Stevie Wonder. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's yes,
1: there's a
0: Let's talk about the new album because you have collaborated with some absolute icons. You are sounding fantastic. I mean, you have such a famous guitar thank sound you. anyway, but your voice—it's never sounded better. It's so rich. It re- you really sound great, Tito. Are you? Are you? Thank, as, thank you. Are you as excited about releasing music now as you've always been?
1: Well, I wanted to, when I was one of my brothers were doing solo records and release some records. Um of course I, I wanted to release records then, but I think it was more important to raise my three boys and husband and that's five I just behind. You know, and I wanted to be that for my kids, you know. I wanted to have all the things I didn't have like grow up and hang out with their buddies and play little league baseball and all these other things that kids do. Yeah. You know, so whenever I was off and then have anything to do musically, I wanted to make sure I spent that time with my boys and not be chasing my solo career. So I waited until they were grown and had their own musical thing, which is another story in itself. But uh, uh, I wanted to be there as help well them move the way as my father did for me. And uh, then it came to a point where I said, you know, I got to do my album. You know, uh, people don't. Um, you know, my kids got a record out. Everybody in this family got something out. Everyone, every single one of me. So that's what, that's maybe the way, besides a few other people, was doubting me in certain ways. And it's not that I couldn't do the record, I just didn't want to do it at that time. And I've always felt that it's always better late than never. And, the, and I will always, so I, I can do a, a song later more important to race, to race and not be a dead beat So uh, that's what I did. And uh, now I'm doing it, you know, so I'm trying to do and show that uh, I have the talent for what it takes to to be uh, a, a, a entertainer, solo entertainer. And it's, is is As they say, a lot of people want to go for the apple in the sky, the pie in the sky, immediately uh, where I had waited. And now I'm out here, and uh, I'm trying to, to see if it's true that if you wait and do things correctly, you can always catch up. So I feel sometimes I'm playing catch up.
0: Because wow, people this. are
1: learning... People are learning about my music today, you know, that I didn't do when the Jackson 5 were hot as firecrackers. You know, I could have did music. But um, so now I am doing my music. I'm enjoying it. And it's fun. It's been fun for a long time. This is my Southmore album entitled Underspell. And I had friends like George Benson and Stevie Wonder and Bobby Rush and Eddie Levert from the OJs, and my brother Marlon, Kenny Neal. I have a uh, few collaborations on there that's just a lot of fun.
0: Yeah.
1: I even got Baby King's Daughter. Baby King's Daughter's on uh, on a song, a Trips Yes, and
0: what a I, voice she's got.
1: Yeah, wow. Oh, she's awesome. Uh, yeah, a tribute we did of Baby King's uh, of music. Oh, so, it's,
0: yeah. It is, it is it triumphant. And, you know, I, I love hearing that, Tito, that, you, that you, you opted to just be a dad for a while, because that, that is, it, for me, that's priorities are, are just spot on there. Music will wait because your talent will out, but you don't get a second chance to be a father.
1: No, you don't get a second chance to be a father, and I want to be there for my boys, you know. Not only that, you know, when they were young, they were just young boys until they came and saw the brothers performing they started uh, asking a million questions, went home, grabbed brooms and mops, put on our record, and they pantomimed mine, what well, they saw us doing on stage. And I just told them, if y'all really want to sing in bands, you have to really play instruments and do what? I, I told them, you know, you can go and play on the instruments or whatever. And they worked on that for three four years. Got a little band together between themselves and and. and working at it from that point uh, I had gotten a contract with uh, Gerald Busby over at Motown for them and uh, Michael got wind of it and wanted them to be with uh, Sony uh, uh, at the time I think Sony bought Columbia back by then and uh, so that's where they had their, their first record at uh, uh J J Productions over at Sony, because Michael had a record label there.
0: Brilliant. Well, it makes sense that, that that they go to their uncle's label, right? I mean, it's he's got a label, he's got a he's he's got the he's got the reach. If he believes in their talent, then he should be supporting them. So it's great that he did.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, but you 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 good hands when you got a family member in charge.
0: Yes, their, their journey to stardom was quite different to yours, wasn't it? They had, whereas yeah. you guys had to start from nothing, just with talent at the core. They, they, they had, they they had quite a lot of assistance. We, yeah.
1: we had, they had the door. They had, door. They had, door. They had, they had they put in the door already, I would say.
0: Yeah, yeah, but you've still got to be talented. People don't buy records just because you've got a famous surname.
1: No, they're not going to buy it just because of who you are, no. No way.
0: Now, what's the, be, what's the plan for you, Tito? Are we going to see you performing live? Are you going to go on tour?
1: Yes, I'm looking to come over to the UK and tour uh, uh, next year. And, and I'm starting to do some touring here in America next month. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I have uh, 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 just some time to, to get, get out there and put the whole package
0: together brilliant you 're going to perfect the perfect the scene, I love it now tito we We do something on this show, and i hope you'll I hope you'll play along with me because we have a bit of fun sometimes with our guests, and this is connected to cars because I know that you are a massive car fan, I know about your mercedes s l and your v w surfer vans, I know that you've got three nine elevens for example, so I know you're a man who loves your cars right
1: right, right,
0: so what we do is we like to ask our guests to come up with their dream drives. And and there are only three things you have to do for this. You have to choose where you would drive, what you would be driving. So it's unlimited. You can have whatever you want. And here's the key thing. You can have three famous passengers. Now these could be fictional characters, they could be real celebrities alive or dead, but it's who you would share this special car journey with. So we call it our dream drives and I'd love to know Tito Jackson's dream drive. What would you be driving? Where would you be driving it? And who would your famous faces be that you're sharing the journey with?
1: Okay, I would uh, i would be driving my uh, Volkswagen surfer van. I would be driving down PCH in California.
0: Nice. And in nice. my
1: car, I I would have my brother Michael. I would have Whitney Houston. Oh. And I would have my friend David Guest. Wow. And 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 I'll just be enjoying them, you know, once more, just having a good time. Maybe asking questions that I probably never would dare ask them while they were alive. But since I have them for a moment, this is my opportunity. And that's that's what I would do. I would just cruise, easily go maybe 45, 50 miles an hour down the coast and just drive from one part of California, the south from San Diego, all the way up to Frisco, past Frisco.
0: That sounds amazing, Tito. What, what would you ask them?
1: I don't know. You know, I would, I would, uh, I would ask them probably some questions about what happened. Yeah. In, which I don't know the answer to any of them. But I would like to know exactly what happened to them.
0: Yes. Which, which is the most pressing for you? Presumably Michael.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. Does, does, I'm sorry to get all deep on you again, but but does does that hang over you the the big the big question of what happened?
1: Yes, it does. With all of those artists, you know, especially Michael and David, you know, because when you talk to somebody one day and, and they're going in your life for the rest of your life, is it, it haunts you. It hurts you you know you didn't get the chance to say goodbye or it's just it's just an incorrectly. you know we like to all think that we're gonna have a full life just as my parents are you know but it doesn't always work out that way
0: no are you a spiritual man tito
1: yes i am
0: so do you, I mean it's yes. everything is personal, of course, and everyone has their own opinions and things but but do you believe that ultimately when all is said and done, you'll be reunited
1: Yes yes i do I don't know in what form or how, but it might just be too scary mm. but yes,
0: we've gone deep, tito, but I appreciate it it's i you know it's it's very kind of you to be so open with me and um and I really. I really thank you for that because a lot of people would just swerve the question.
1: Yeah, well, thank you.
0: Tito, it's, it's been the most remarkable hour of conversation. You are incredible company and you've lived such a sensational life. Uh, is, is there anything you'd like to sort of share finally with our, with our listeners? You can tell we're all massive fans of yours. So is there anything you'd like to just sort of finish with as your, your closing words, as it were?
1: Well, I'd like to say that uh, this album that I just did is is genre of blues, but what I try to do with this album is put more than just the blues sound. Um, it's not your, your your traditional blues. It's got songs that you would enjoy that have a rock edge or R and B edge on it. Some songs. Uh, I have a song with Joe Bonamassa on there as well called It's a title track, Under Your Spell. Uh, uh, so uh, Blues is a music that uh, most of our popular music has come from. and But it, it lacks the less attention of all the music and I'm just trying to contribute to participate in keeping the blues alive. So Check out the music, check out the record Under Your Spell and the single Love One Another. And enjoy it, download it, spread the message, and thank you for being you, because uh, without you, the Jacksons wouldn't be who they are and you are who make me want to continue to do this. So thank you.
0: Brilliant. What a, what a closer. Tito, what an absolute pleasure. I will be coming to see you when you tour here, Next year, I can't wait to hear what's next, and I can thoroughly endorse what you just said. The album is a a triumph and a joy. It's such a pleasure to listen to.
1: Thank you so much. And thank you very much for enjoying my music.
0: Love it. Loved it since since the day I was born, Tito. So thank you. Keep making the music, keep keep just putting it out there and and thank you so much for your company. It's it's been a huge honor. All right, thank you, buddy. Take care, Tito. And fly (laughs) safe.
1: Okay, bye. I'll,
0: I'll be there tomorrow. Love it. Love it. Safe journey. All Take all care, my friend. Time. Bye-bye. Right, bye. Bye. The Andy J Podcast. Oh, 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 that was amazing. I could have chatted to Tito for ages. What a guy. I absolutely love the Jackson 5. I can thoroughly recommend Tito's new album, by the way. It is terrific. The guy is musically So spot on, and it is—it's a brilliantly produced album with some incredible guests. And the harmonica line from Stevie Wonder on that title track, yeah, man, brilliant. Stevie Wonder, of course. Stevie Wonder and Tito Jackson (laughs) together—what a fusion! Anyway, you've been listening to the Andy J. Podcast. I sincerely hope that you've heard enough to make you want to follow the show so that you get weekly updates of all our guests. I can tell you next week—complete, complete tangent for you. I believe episode 82 will be with the greatest referee in the world or at least he was for a large chunk of time talking football or soccer for our American listeners and by the way thank you to those Americans who've reached out and sent me lovely messages really love that we are connecting on the other side of of the pond with our friends in America and for those of you in other countries listening thank you very much for choosing this show so next week, I will be chatting to Mark Clattenberg. He was, uh, as I say, the greatest referee in the planet for a, a long period of time. Refereed around about 300 Premier League matches, refereed Champions League finals, Europa League finals, refereed at, not at World Cups, I don't believe. I think that got blocked. I'll have to check that. Nonetheless, I think it's going to be really interesting chatting to Mark. He's got stories about all of your favourite footballers, all of your favourite managers, and he's a he's a guy that has had controversy wherever he goes for various different reasons. We'll get into all of that on the Andy J Podcast with Mark Clattenberg next week. Thanks for your company. Go well. Make someone smile. The Andy J Podcast.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.